fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Yeah, I'm so good. It feels so good to be back on the board, man. Like, it's just, I missed it. It runs way better when you're doing it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing super well. Uh, it is, it is Tuesday. Tuesday, but as it as it will be Thursday, it's opening day of the baseball season, which is fucking rad. Tune into the Mariners first game tonight, seven thirty Pacific time. Not for us. That's an hour ago. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that as we sit here on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to two days in the future when that's happening, which is your present. Which is your present? Yeah, not our present. Mm-mm. Not my presence. You, you, you. Yes. What we're doing is we're experimenting with time travel right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm doing great. Um, well, I I had a nice weekend. I went to a mountain cabin this nice. weekend with some friends, people I like a lot. Uh, oh yeah, and you were there too. I was there. Uh, as an aside, for your birthday, it was for my birthday, Andrew. We have scheduled this trip. We had a um golf we had a golf tea time at one of the top 20 public courses in the country Mm -hmm. uh the nicholas course at pronghorn in bend oregon uh it it snowed a lot it snowed a lot uh we almost didn't make it we almost didn't make it over the sandian pass here because there was so much snow and in fact the sandian pass was a portion of it was closed Yesterday. Yesterday for an avalanche. So it was a little avalanche. It was a baby avalanche. Yeah. But in the past, sometimes there are, are less baby avalanches. Uh it, it, yeah. We had this fantastic golf outing planned. We didn't make it to that, which was a little bit of a bummer. Four because of the snow. It snowed about four inches the night we got there. Never mind that it had snowed like ten inches in the previous couple days. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so there was just enough snow. The The golf course is at a lower elevation, so theoretically less snow, but they called us the morning of and said, sorry, guys, you are not golfing today. I even got high-vis balls just for that very reason. <laughs> my, my balls are always high-vis. Um, Why? Just just let it, just let it marinate, okay? Um, but we instead, we did virtual reality. Yeah. I'm saying that to you like maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but in fact, we're going to save that. Actually, we're going to circle back to this. Okay, we'll circle back. Uh, but all in all, it was a good weekend. Now I'm back to work. Oh, oh, also. Yeah, never mind. You know, I went to Colorado, watched the first two t- two rounds of the tournament in Denver at Ball Arena, which is a, a nice facility, uh, formerly Pepsi Center, something like Pepsi that, yeah. something. Um and now named Ball Arena, and I thought, what's ball? What is ball? It'd be funny. Haha, it's a mason jar arena. It's literally Ball, the mason jar company, is the... Anyway. Um, and then I went to Winter Park for three days and skied, which was pretty phenomenal. I would say pretty okay would be my guess. Yeah, no, it was really it was really good. That place, if you're in the Denver area, you, you already know. But if you're looking for a ski trip i would say put winter park on your list uh there's a ton of lodging none of it's super nice it's not the ritziest place 
but they've got fantastic human management on that mountain. The lines are very manageable. We were there at a decent time, but the snow was good. It was beautiful bluebird much of the time. Um, the the runs are good. They've got a ton of variety. They got moguls. They got groomed stuff. Phenomenal. Really, really good place. I'd recommend it if you're looking for a trip somewhere. Affordable. Everything was affordable. I mean, that's relative, right? But we're this is a watch podcast, okay? When you're going skiing, it's affordable that's relative right. to when you're going skiing. That's right. I I, I really enjoyed it. it it's it, there are more uh, luxurious <laughs> ski trips, but. This this is a good one. I I'd fully recommend it. That's like saying, "Oh, I went to Noma and it was pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. obviously, you're in world-class skiing conditions. Yeah. Like I should hope that you enjoyed it because it was it's amazing. It, I yeah, I, I did. It, it was actually I was telling my I was telling my law partner who I was traveling with, uh, it's the most ostentatious trip I've ever taken in my life. We flew first class both ways. We stayed in nice hotels. We it's like, "Man, really really pulling out the stops you know i'm a poor kid i'm a poor kid from southeast portland so like uh, this is not this is not normal for me and it was pretty it was pretty cool to be like balling balling on a budget balling on a budget there wasn't really a budget though well there was we we figured little things out also if you're gonna do ncaa tournament here's a pro tip there are hospitality packages if you get your tickets early enough Get a hospitality package. So we, I, the tickets were expensive. I don't know how much. We had fantastic seats. But with those seats, because we bought all three sessions, we had access to this roped off private hospitality area with food. We got two drink tickets per round, which is not a lot. It's plenty, but it's not a lot. Um, but we had food the whole time. We didn't have to buy, you know, a hot dog. When a hot dog is 24 bucks, it is very nice to have prepaid food and beverages. You also didn't have to wait in concession stand lines. No concession stand lines. We always had a seat. So that's the other thing, right? You come out at halftime or whatever, and there's nowhere to sit. We had very, we had a very good time. It was phenomenal. One of the best trips I've ever taken in my life. I, I enjoyed it. The only thing I'm sad about is that I wasn't with my family, but there are also benefits to that. Yes, especially when you're watching two days of basketball. <laughs> it was very much not a family trip. So, but that's a little selfish. It's fine. I'll take it. I was a selfish trip. I loved it. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Your kids go to overnight camp. That's right. They don't. They don't take you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get invited yeah. to camp. No. No, I didn't get to sing a Bo Diddley bop or, at the campfire. Or s'mores. Or you can get to ride on horseback. Yeah. Shoot bows and arrows. No, no. They they have their things. <laughs> you get yours too. Andrew, how are you? I am good. I, you know, I also had a, a fun weekend, as we've already discussed. I was a little bummed that we didn't get to go golfing. Um at the Nicholas course at Pronghorn. Wah, wah. Yeah. But it was very cool to uh have what is, you know, the second to last weekend in March and be in pure winter weather experience. I love the snow. I love the cold. Getting to go to it unexpectedly was awesome. Getting there was a little bit less awesome. That was the most, probably the second most treacherous traverse I've ever made of a mountain pass. It was hairy. Uh, And the first one, 
the first most treacherous was, um, I think maybe less because it was all fresh snow. Like it was like white out blizzard. So even if you wanted to get to leave the roadway, I was driving a Mazda three and I was driving in the ruts of the vehicle in front of me in probably like seven to 10 inches of snow. You're just on rails. Yeah, I was just on rails. So it felt scary because it wasn't my car, it was Sam's dad car, dad's car. So there was some consternation there, but I couldn't have wrecked if I wanted to. This time I very well could have. Yeah. Could have wrecked. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I mean, it was exciting, Put I put on chains for the, the first time in many, many years. I did not put on chains, but I have snow tires and four wheel drive and exceptional hand-eye coordination. <laughs> and I'm a professional killer. Uh, and I have perfect vision too. So that helped. Yeah, I've got perfect vision <clears throat> when I put on my giant glasses. I did not have, I should have replaced my windshield wipers probably at the beginning of winter. Uh, there's a dead spot right in the middle of my driver's side windshield wiper. Ooh, I can't do it. So there's like an inch, inch wide strip that isn't uh, wasn't getting. Wiped, I can't do was, it. I change my windshield wipers twice a year. What? I do. Yep. I change them. In, I change them in the spring. I change them in the fall. I love a crispy windshield wiper. Uh, doesn't affect me. Yeah. I think we should probably get to it. This is one of our longer uh, you know, know, catching ups. We're not even talking about watches. We have nothing to no. talk about this That's week. True. So we're just going to talk about basketball and golf. That's true. And first class flights. You know, you get to pick your meal on a first class flight. Yeah. yeah United, beef. when you check in, they say, what do you want to eat? I was like, well. We're talking like last meal kind of rules here or like. I'm going to have the Italian meatballs. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I did. Last week was fun with Will. I did miss you. Yeah, was, you know, you guys did a great job, I thought. You know, you, th- there was a couple things where my my uh, 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 anal retentiveness, I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy. But. Well, you are the you are the producer and the editor. I, I'm I am the podcast daddy. And I will say I was I thought it was a really enjoyable listen. I really I really liked the episode. I don't always listen to our shows. I listened to that one all the way through, and I thought it was just a, a pleasure. Well, you had to. There was a lot of edits to be made that I marked <laughs> down in crayon. <laughs> that's right. That's the life I live where that was the nearest writing implement. No, it, it, it was really good. And and I will say, furthermore, you guys don't know this, but we oftentimes cut out three to five 30-second to five-minute cuts of the show mm-hmm. and i felt like in the olden days if you were listening you probably could have told where they were more often than not we are we just know what we're doing and so we pick back up and when we make those edits it is seamless and mm-hmm. i thought you guys did a really good job i'm usually the one that kind of drives that like okay here's where you start and then you start and then we get through it and it's fine but uh, yeah I, I listened through after i edited it and I was like, no, I can't even, I can't even tell where they are. And I'm the one who did the cuts. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Good I job. didn't listen because I talked. Yeah. You were there. No. You were there. I was there for that conversation. What'd you guys think of Will's episode? Any comments? I haven't heard a lot from you guys. I haven't heard a lot. I'm going to tell you that right now. I haven't heard a lot from you guys. Nobody even noticed that I wasn't here. Nobody said, is Everett okay? Is Everett, is Everett healthy? Did he make it back? Nobody cares. And it, it hurt me a little bit. It cut me deep. I've been sending out messages on our old Instagram account. <laughs> you still have access. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you know what, Andrew? I, I lied about something. Yeah, that's not surprising. There is a lot to talk about. And we're going to do a weird thing this week. Very. Yeah, a weird thing for us. This is not a weird thing in the watch world. Um, in fact, everybody, every single watch publication that exists is talking about the thing we're going to talk about. But we decided for the very first time ever that we were struck by the Watches and Wonders releases from 2023. Yes. And we decided, you know what? It, it's a week. It's one episode. It's not really our wheelhouse. But there's enough going on here that we should talk about this because there's a lot of fun things. There's a lot of, I think, maybe long-term interesting things that have happened in the last two weeks, or at least that have been announced in the last two weeks, week to two weeks, that deserve a little bit of attention from us. You, you guys are tuning in because you care what we think, weirdly enough. For whatever reason. I think it's. I think this was a really uh, remarkable Watches and Wonders release season. Yes. Typically, Watches and Wonders comes out where all the all the watches and wonders releases come out and i'm like oh that's neat cool oh blue <laughs> it's blue way to go it seems like a color release with like occasionally like hey here's our new case material here's a and then some like super niche like Here's the new thinnest thing, and here's our rendering for what we're going to do next time to make it thinner. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm typically kind of underwhelmed. Less so this year. Now, there are some duds. Well, there, of course. There, there's some things that came out that I was like, I wish that hadn't. But a handful of things were announced or released piqued my interest for sure yeah yeah me too me too we've actually picked kind of a small selection of things here um i, I think i want to start somewhere where i feel comfortable is that okay yeah we've been wearing our underpants like you should be comfortable i i'm wearing sweatpants i'm wearing some i'm wearing some sockinies i'm comfortable and in with that in mind I'm going to talk about a release from a company called Seiko. Have you heard of this Japanese company? Mm -mm. Are they new? Well, this is actually not a Seiko release. Rather, this is a grand Seiko release, which is a totally different company. I think Grand Seiko used to be part of Seiko, but then they sold it to themselves under a different brand. It's a genius. Grand Seiko. So there was... A handful of Grand Seiko things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, but one in particular caught my eye. This is the, according to, to Hodinkee, the meticulously engraved Grand Seiko SBGZ009. It's a manual wind, time-only, three-hand watch that is hand-engraved at the Seiko Micro Artist Studio. Which oh okay. That's that's fine. This this micro artist studio is a thing for Grand Seiko. This is where they make their beautiful dials and 
yada, 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 yada. But this thing is a platinum, hand-engraved, very reminiscent of like maybe late 70s, early 80s kind of watch design. This is different than anything I can remember being released in watches since I've started collecting watches. Yes. Yes. It is gorgeous. On first glance, you you the 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 way the engraving is done on the case is kind of lost on me hmm. for the texture of the dial. The texture of the dial is the first time I've seen Grand Seiko dial texture and not scoffed at the way it was described. <laughs> right? Because it's like, oh, it's this. We all know it. We all know how Grand Seiko decided this, this describes their colors, their textures. But I was like, this is birch bark. Like, this is the, this is gorgeous. It's just gentle, rippling waves. And then you get into these macros of the case, and it's all a continuation, or yeah, of the case. And it's these this continuation of that same very dramatic, but also somehow really subtle engraving and texture across the entire watch. This thing is stunning. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So this is not the first time Grand Seiko's done this. So and and I don't even think it's the first time um Grand Seiko, in fact, I know that they've done this same thing or similar things with other watches other grand seiko spring drive watches but this is the first time that i've seen it and i've thought oh my so this is their they refer to this as the birch inspired or they they refer to this style as birch inspired um it's a 9r02 handwind movement which is a phenomenal spring drive movement with an 84 hour power reserve it's phenomenally thin uh it's platinum 38 and a half millimeter diameter, 9.8 millimeters thick. It's platinum. This is 950 platinum. So this watch costs all of the money. It's only $79,000. Give me all of your money. And, and there's only 50 of them being made. Yeah. Which maybe seems excessive. Like, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think these will be sold in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, well, if they may already be sold, yeah. I'm smitten. If I'd I, love to see one in person. If I only had $80,000 sitting around. But that was the first thing that caught my eye. I figured we'd talk about it. This is r- really a lovely watch. But that's all I have to say about it, Andrew. No, I don't have anything else to say either. <laughs> What's next, man? Ooh, uh, I want to talk about something that I usually kind of poo-poo at Watches and Wonders, color releases. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Because usually color releases are just like, eh, whatever. Santos de Cartier, shiny green dial. Mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What is up? Now, as we've talked about, green dials don't usually do it for me. This does it for me. So it's the it's the Santos or the the Santos de Cartier mm-hmm. that we're all familiar with. Replace the white dial with this beautiful sunbursty jade green. Yes, sir. Silver markers. Hands. The whole bit. This is gorgeous. I wouldn't trade my white dial for this. I could see myself having also this. Maybe in the large, though. Yeah, so, I mean, this is really just a... Just I say a, just. This is just a, San, a Cartier de Santos, right? There's not... It, it's a it's a dial iteration, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's a pure dial iteration change. I don't think there's any upgrades. I don't think there's any changes. It's just... A lovely, lovely... Just a great green. It's a good green. Yeah. They're coming into the medium and large models. Yeah. I'm for it. It's a beautiful watch. Yeah. I, I would miss the blue hands. That's one of my favorite parts. It's the blue hands on mm-hmm. the white dial. Yeah. Yeah. Also has a date. I wonder if it comes in no date on the medium. You know, I don't know. I think it probably does. It's not unattractive. No, I kind of like the no date. You know, today I put on my Santos and all I had to do was wind it. It, it was, was. It just happened to be at the time that it was. I love that, man. That was, that was how I knew today was going to be a good day. <laughs> it's like putting on a Vostok and the date's already set. You're like, golly, it's going to be a really good day. <laughs> uh, I've got another watch I'd like to talk about. Do it. It's a. It, it, it's also a watch from. Cartier. Oh, wow. This is a... This is a... What do we call it? Um, a, a re-release? This is an original tank. So what they're calling these the Privé Tank Normal. Probably saying that wrong. The original normal tank. That's right. So, so this is sort of a 19... 17 tank reissue fully mm-hmm. modern um with a slightly upsized proportions because the the original tank was really little so instead of being 27 millimeters this is a 35 millimeter tank which is still pretty dainty but a little bit bigger there are a handful of these each limited to 200 pieces or or uh the yellow gold and the platinum ruby are limited to 200 pieces and i think these are pretty stunning they're way out of my price range 100 each on those oh yeah there we go yeah these are really fun watches and i think that they do something a little bit different than the standard tank that you you might get at your boutique. Uh, these have a more vintage feel, and they also have a slightly more 
I don't know what the right phrase is, a slightly more upscale uh, feel to them. They are going to be available when they're available. There's some skeletons. <coughs> the prices aren't being publicly discussed. Because if you got to ask. Tell, which I think is a if you got to ask type of situation. But these are phenomenal. So I think my favorite of these is a platinum on platinum skeleton, which is crazy. Diamond encrusted platinum on platinum skeleton. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it is. The platinum and ruby is is it for me because I, I love that bracelet. Yeah, the, these things are pretty epic. These I, are beautiful watches. I think this is is something that, that Cartier really shines through on that they're not just a watchmaker that they primarily are a jewelry maker and a fashion brand who also happen to have this really rich history in watches yeah and have combined those two skill sets in a really unique way in brands like like bulgari haven't quite been able to figure out yeah, I, I think that's right, Andrew. Because this is a jewelry piece. Yeah. But it's also a phenomenal watch with like as much history as a wristwatch can get. Right? I mean, a 1917 design that's a little tweaked to match the common era. Yeah. As made by a jewelry company. <laughs> it, yeah, as that can only be done. Yeah. Super cool. What's next? Uh, okay. If you're going to make me. I am. Uh, all right. Well, I don't talk about something fun. The Oris Kermit. Oh. Oh, or- Oris has got a watch that everybody's calling a Kermit. Yeah. No. Oris hooked up with the Muppets and actually licensed Kermit. Kermit. Literally Kermit's face. The Pro Pilot X has Kermit's face on the date wheel and a really interesting green dial. And I say interesting because it's Kermit green. Yeah. It's unmistakably so. Unmistakably so. But unlike a lot of other uh, collaborations with a watch company and some kind of cartoon owner, this is easily mistaken for just a green watch. Kind of in the peak of the pastel color rage, we have just a green watch with Kermit on the date wheel. It is super fun. Here's the thing though that gets that that like kind of gets me moving. All titanium with their in-house movement. Like this is not a novelty watch. It's not. And it is. <laughs> yeah, full full meal deal here. Uh it, it's you know, titanium case, titanium bracelet, in-house movement, blah 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 blah. 4,500 Swiss francs, which is some amount of dollars. It's more than 4,500, I think. But 4,600. Kermit's face on the date wheel. Is it every position of the date wheel yeah you know i am not i'm not sure about that and and i tried to look and i couldn't and i couldn't quite figure that out 
but it's it's terrific. It's over the top in a really digestible way. It's a watch that many people know and love. If you're into the Muppets or you're into Kermit, it seems like this is sort of a no-brainer, especially if you're already leaning towards a ProPilot X. What more fun way? It, you know, every time I get on an airplane and I buckle my seatbelt, I think, oh, Oris was here. In place of the number one. So it's not every position on the date wheel. It's just So me. the number one on your date wheel is Kermit's face, which is a great way to start the month. Sure is. The problem is that you'd want to reset it every day to just be able to see Kermit all day. That's what I would do at least. It's terrific. Yeah. Super fun. And it's the ProPilot X, which is a terrific watch that I really very much like. Andrew, I want to talk about a brand that we don't talk about all that often. Is that okay? Are you going to be okay with this? Well, moments ago, you told me to shut up. So um. <laughs> just shut up. Uh, this is a a watch from a company called IWC, aka the International Watch Company. Are you sure it's not collaborative? Maybe. Uh, this is a uh, this is a watch that people have been kind of talking about for a while. So this is a 1970s. There, the IWC's Ingenieur Jumbo. Ingenieur. Um, Ingenieur. Uh, I I think arguably IWC has taken too long, arguably, or arguably they've waited the perfect amount of time and splashed into the incredibly competitive steel sports watch market. 40 years after they stopped making the 1832 Jumbo, they've re-released the OG Engineer Jumbo Cult favorite, totally lovely watch, actually designed by Gerald Genta. Very much in his sort of greatest hits Mm -hmm. type of styling. I I mean, you probably can sort of, even if you've never seen this watch, it's a 1970 integrated steel sports watch designed by Genta in the style of IWC. Conjure an image. And that's Conjure it. an image, and, and you've probably gotten pretty close. Baton markers, or as I have said in the past, baton markers, people freak out when you say baton. Um, it's it's hard to be too excited about this watch. You, you know, this, this IWC does this very sort of low-key thing. And in fact, people that we know and love... Um, have called these have called IWC boring, which, in my world, is a compliment. Y- yeah, I I don't see it. I, I don't think IWC is boring, but they do stoic really well. This is a forty millimeter by forty five and a half millimeter steel sports watch in a handful of different dial iterations. They got black. They've got an aqua, which is really lovely a gray um and then i think like a, a silver uh 10.8 millimeters which for a watch in this class is a little bit much mm-hmm. these are not priced yet but i imagine they're going to be in the 10 to 15 
$5,000 range, if I had to guess. My guess. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it is a little bit different than anything else in this styling. It's the, the one thing about this watch that maybe take it or leave it is the dial. This, this has got a like a cross hatch type of dial. It's got a texture to it, it and, and you may not love that texture. It looks like bathroom tiling. Mm, yeah. More like a backsplash. It's interesting cross hatching. It's subtle. It's not deep. It's not dramatic at a distance. You might not even notice it. Zoom in on it and it's there. And I don't think they all have that texture, but but at least the black and the silver do. Uh, it's an attractive watch. I think it's an interesting entry. Um, you know, they're going to be expensive, but the, the you'd expect them to be. It's going to be built, built very well. Oh, they're starting at 12,900 euros. So, yeah, we were about right. So, you know, that $15,000 mark. So the guilt with a... Also gold bezel and a it's like a fully gold crown. Doesn't have any texture on the black dial. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's certainly interesting. It, I think H- it's 120 hour power reserve on these uh, with, with that with that movement. So th- there's some technical specs, which is which is typical for which is typical for this is the IWC in house 3211. It'll be interesting, 32,111. 3,200. Nope, on there's 11. three ones. Is it? Yes. Oh. Three, two, one, one, one. Well, there you go. Which is how you get the 120 hours. That's right. It's just it's just <laughs> 12 just hours if it's, if it's 3,211. Yeah. yeah. You know, these will probably, these will probably gray market and, and secondhand under retail. So that's nice. Yeah. Because these are cool. The, my favorite part is the uh, what almost look to be applied crown guards. They're not applied, but they almost look applied. Yeah, I'd say that's a hallmark of the Genta design, right? Yeah. That that design language where the components of the case look like they're floating. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. I think it's fantastic. I think it would be better at nine point eight millimeters thick. 10.8, I think, is makes this a tough. I think this makes it a tough sell when you've got things like show when you've got companies like Chopard, like really coming in at super thin. But to be able to do those fl- that floating case against a bezel, it, those both need to be a little thick to achieve the the drama of that two piece design. Man, I mean, you could you could thin it out. I think the nautilus is like eight and a half millimeters right, but, thick but th- this is this is not the nautilus well but have you seen the nautilus's case the the profile of the nautilus case yeah it's it, doable but it's also a wholly different company doing it yeah and, and also 120 hour power reserve they got some ass in the in the motor in there uh, well that no you, you you're not wrong about that yeah that's 9.8 i'm showing you andrew a picture of the profile of the nautilus also like split screen with something else it, <laughs> i mean it, it, it can be done and obviously these are different classes of watch right the, yeah the nautilus but 
when you look at a when you look at a company like Chopard that's sub ten and doing very similar, yeah, all all that to say, I I think this is maybe the most. I don't know. Important seems like such a silly word for something so unimportant, but I think this is maybe one of the most notable releases from Watches and Wonders. I think that there are some problems with it. I think this is it, it falls at a little bit of a tough space. I love it. I agree. It's an interesting move by IWC to be branching out of their wheelhouse back into deep catalog stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and they've had the engineer sort of line. That line has been consistent but this is really reaching back deep like you said yeah so uh so yeah that's that's all i have to say about it i don't i don't want to say a whole lot more about it so you, you can read about, about it that. that's and that's all i have to say about that mm. oh i'm gonna i'm just gonna do one kind of in passing we're gonna have to move on from it quickly um the Rolex celebration dials. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolex brought some interesting moves in the color game. A little bit bigger than just blue. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit bigger than here's Easter on your wrist. Yeah. They brought some heat. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm they did it down with it. Well, so so six six new dials, right? Yes, six new dials. We have a puzzle. We have a green. We have an. What are we gonna call that? But, that's not orange. That's it, like, that's like tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrise. That's ex- yeah. exactly where my head went. Uh, uh, oh, shocking. Tiffany blue. Uh, and then this. Yeah, it's not really a Tiffany blue. It's like a blue marble. What are, what are they calling this? Oh, it's marble. Yeah, but it's. A stone dial. Oh, that's that's the colors I imagine when I think of stone. (laughs) It looks it's got like a a turquoise. So they've got a a green, an aventurine, a carnelian, uh, which is I guess our tequila sunrise. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then this balls, balls of color. The The, jigsaw emoji. The jigsaw is what does it for me. It is awesome. I don't... So it is on an orange dial, a green, yellow, red, blue, purple jigsaw. Kind of like I'd say 90% of the dial Mm -hmm. is this assembled jigsaw. Multicolored markers. Emojis on your date wheel and your day wheel this is out of character for rolex it's a little bit more a little bit more playful it's than a what lot we're used more to playful it feels like something omega might do yes this is a very much like an omega move this is i mean as as we've seen it's an oris move an invicta move this doesn't really make sense to me but I'm here for it because I love it. This tequila sunrise dial. That's what we're going to call it here is beautiful. Yeah. Even gold, no diamonds on that bezel. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in a, in a tough position. Yeah. Wow. So, so the good news and the bad news about these. So 
pricing and availability is TBD, TBD. Never and never. N- never going to happen. Don't even think about it. That's, you can, that's you can the answer leave there. your $5,000 deposit with your AD yeah. um, and your grandchildren will have the opportunity to uh, get on the purchase history list and, and on maybe these, acquire one. On these puzzle dials, 31 different emojis show up in the magnified date window as opposed to a date. Just, just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. It's 12 baguette cut stones for markers. Like, come on. Yeah. The, these are ostentatious, really fun. This is some Beyonce shit. Yeah. Uh, however, so, so Rolex announced a fucking bucket load of watches yeah, they, for Watches and Wonders. They brought the heat this we're gonna, year. We're going to talk about that one because that one's the most fun. We're going to talk next about the most, I think, practical uh, release, not that it's practical, but the most practically important release, which is that Rolex now has a 40 millimeter Explorer. Do you think that's going to, do you think this has been the backlog of inventory that they've been producing all this new stuff and prioritizing that? Like, are we going to see the floodgates of Rolex availability open? You know, I don't think so. You know, they've obviously got different capabilities for different watches. So now they have more shit we can't buy. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Although you can get into a 36 millimeter Explorer. So they're going to... Gray market, you can't get into a new. Yeah, well, that that's right. But, but it's not the most unobtainable Rolex. I think now with the 36 sitting alongside the 40, so, so as everybody knows, they downsized the 39 two years ago. Mm-hmm. 36 they're rolling this thing alongside the 40 so really giving people i think that the choices that people really want i think this is a pretty good compromise the 40 is a great size obviously cinderella size for many 36 is kind of the classic explorer and it's just so perfectly dimensioned in proportion it that size is perfect for it i i get why they're doing a 40 um and obviously it's going to take some um some of the heat off of the 36 and perhaps make them a little bit more available. And there are very few surprises here. It's 3230 movement. They've, they've changed the, the text on the dial just a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, this is, this is exactly what you'd expect. We don't need to say a ton more about it because it, it really is just what you expect, but there is now, for seventy five hundred bucks, a forty millimeter Explorer in Rolex's mainline. I love that case. Uh, they've done some other things. The the one that uh, we need to talk about now is the nineteen oh eight. Yeah, tell me about the nineteen oh eight. What the heck? This is. Did did Rolex just release an Orient Bambino? Yeah. This is another out of character move for Rolex. This seems like a Tudor release. This is a small seconds, no date railway watch. Yeah. This is gorgeous. It's got a like a coin case instead of a bezel. Like it it's just well it's not a coin bezel case but it's 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 a coin edge bezel i'd call this but but not on the case but that's 
you don't. Why is my? I'm not. My damn phone is. Well, no. well, Andrew figures out his technical. So Rolex, really, what this is is this the beginning of a new collection from Rolex, uh, called their Perpetual Collection. The first watch in the lineup is this 1908. What this is is a 39 millimeter strap only dress watch. As Andrew said, small seconds. It's uh, a three hand time only. Um, it is, uh, this is a replacement for the Cellini is what this is. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks very similar to a Cellini, but you can tell that this, whereas the Cellini always just kind of existed in Rolex lineup, you can tell that this is a watch that Rolex is pushing brand new caliber 7140 with a, all of the fancy Rolex shit that it, look, there's no doubt about it. Rolex is the best production manufacturer in the world. They, their quality and their R and D is phenomenal, especially at the scale they make watches. The amount of watches they make is what I mean. And it seems like this is meant to be a real live Rolex that people are going to buy versus the Cellini, which always just felt like, it, it just was available if you went into the AD and had some money to throw around. Right. So this, like if you want, it, it was there for you to build up a purchasing history. So you might be able to get on a waiting list for a, for, for a, sub. a, for a no date sub. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so this bezel is gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah. Coin edge with interesting beveling above it that tears this bezel down and creates this really interesting depth in what is otherwise a really thin watch. No Mercedes hands. Yep. But still the space for it to be. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think about the case diameter on this at 39? 39. I <sighs> I think it's a full fucking miss. I think that's it, the one thing about this watch that is just full on miss. Yeah. The, this needs to be 36, 37. And maybe they maybe they get there, right? They they bring in a, they introduce a 39 to kind of get get us get us drooling over it. Because like everyone else, they're they're we're seeing stratification of sizing. And we're seeing it with the Explorer. We have a 36 and a 40 available now. This seems like something that's available in 36, 39 down the road. Sure. Sure. I, I, I think that it's a mistake to release this in anything other than 36 first, but I, I don't I don't disagree, but they're smarter than we are. Mm. They sell watches that we can't buy. I don't know if they're smart. That no one can buy. They're not smarter than you. Maybe maybe smarter than me. They they're they're they know what they're doing. Let's move on because that's the most we've talked about Rolex and I'm I'm it's making me feel funny, okay? okay. So let's talk about another brand totally unrelated called Tudor. Oh. Uh, uh much like Rolex, Tudor did a bucket load of things this year at Watches and Wonders, which is interesting because oftentimes it feels like one year's a Tudor year, one year's a Rolex year. This year really felt like Tudors really come into their own. They're, yeah. they're kind of they've they've made their way out of the Rolex shadow in my mind. And so we can't talk about all these things, but we've picked out two releases or two things that Tudor announced at Watches and Wonders to talk about. 
The first is a black bay. It's a black bay, what we're calling 54, which is the original um, r- release of the of the old Tudor sub, I believe, if, if that's right, 1954. This is a 37 millimeter addition to the Black Bay line. And golly, I gotta tell you, I think they I think they nail it. So 41 with the Black Bay. Yep. 39 with the 58. And now, of course, we've got a 37 millimeter 54. I gotta tell you, I think it's a great move. I think this is a great move. It's the absolute right move. And the dimensions on it look great. And we see this with a lot of size iterative watches where the smallest one, the dimensions are weird. Mm. I don't think they did that here. They did not do that here. It is terrific. And I can't wait to wear one of these. I can't. No, I think it's, it's it's everything we know and love. The price is right, but Un, under four grand. Yeah, they're coming in on a bracelet. What, 30, 3850 on steel, thirty six twenty five with a rubber. And uh, hot take: the Everest straps are dope. Yeah, yeah. This would yeah. I, I think it's a twenty millimeter lug here. So get yourself an Everest for this thing. I think it's a great release. That's one thing I don't like. Tell me. I don't like the riveted lugs. No? No, they're fake rivets. I it much like faux faux patina. I don't like it. I don't like an affectation. Um but of course that's part of their aesthetic. People love it. Some people love it. Maybe not everybody. Um I'm fine with the guilt. Um, I just wish that it didn't have that, those fake riveted, that, that fake rivet bracelet. I think I'm okay with it. It, cause they're not, they're subtle rivets. Yeah. Not like the, um, which Smith's bracelet has like, Oh sure. Like uh, two I, millimeter rivets. I think it's the same thing, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> it's not nearly as dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, this is it, it, it's it's a killer watch, and I think it's fun. I'm with you. I'd like to try one on. It, it's a small diver. This is not going to be a watch for everybody, but this is a snowflake sub. Yeah, the, uh, or not a snowflake sub. This is a Tudor sub in the in the the heritage, and it really rounds out that line. So, oh, it perfectly rounds out the line. That's what they needed. We also have a new size introduction to the black bay line in the way of a 31 36 39 41 so there was previously just a 36 yeah uh, am i crazy thinking there was a 39 i don't think so so you're talking about just the standard black bay just the standard black bay sterile bezel sport watch yeah we've got some size additions 31 now as as of now we have 31, 36, 39, 41. And more importantly, all four of these now come with in-house COSC certified movements. Yes. Which is cool. And a T-fit rapid adjustment clasps on all of these. These have 
seemingly overnight become one of the most verbose lineups of simple steel sports watches. Mm -hmm. And and what I'm most excited about is this is going to bottom out the prices on the previous iteration of 36s, which means I might snatch one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet you're right. I bet you're looking at 2,500 maybe if you, if you're patient. Uh, Yeah. I think like, like new in box with papers, probably 2,500 bucks. Cause these are coming in at, um, the 36 is going to be 3,650 francs. What's that? 42, 4,300 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. So it's going to, it's going to pull the rug out from under all the previous iterations while people are offloading them to get these. Yeah. I'm going to snatch one. Yeah. So, yeah again not a whole lot to say about these but i think that they've done a ton of good stuff here the the in-house cost certified movements are tutors doing some shit man total win yeah 70 hour and and i'm unclear if this is in-house in-house or if this is kinesi in-house um i'm not sure i care but yeah cost certified Legit, we've got diamonds. You got all the things you could want, and and, and you're going to be able to get exactly the black bay you want the if this is your watch. Millimeter only has a 50 hour power reserve because there's just not enough space. <laughs> I want to try on a 31. I I mean I I think I like it. Yeah. Not as much as a 36. I think you're right about that. I, I think yeah, I'll I like it. I think it'd be too small for you at, at the end of the day. It's not about size. This is cool. This is this is a cool watch. Okay. So one more brand we're going to talk about. We're, we're, we're getting long in the tooth here. But one more brand that I'd like to talk about. Two watches. This is a brand. I think of all the brands we've discussed today, this is perhaps our favorite. Maybe Cartier's in there as well. But Tag Heuer. Mm. N- not a brand that I think either one of us expected to fall in love with when we started this show in spirit in 2016 and in actuality several years later. Um, Tag Heuer is, is a weird brand. Tag Heuer has spent the, the bulk of this golden age of watches that we're in right now, kind of an obscurity, uh, perhaps up. Perhaps being a bit of a black sheep and and even a bit vilified, um, but has as of late really stepped up and their releases this last two years have been really good. I, I mean, there's still tag, and so some of the watches they're releasing are terrible. But in particular, so is Citizen in Citizen is doing some really cool shit and yeah. a lot of terrible shit. I, I think Tag Heuer is is doing so much good stuff and i'm i'm really very enamored by the the modern iteration of this brand uh they've just released and and in particular the aqua racer line Mm -hmm. i was a huge fan when they re-released the aqua racer 200 uh gosh this is just perfect (laughs) they've they found a way to make it better they found a way to make it better by making it full gold yeah a full gold yellow or rose gold cosk certified 
manufacture caliber aqua racer. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Eighteen thousand four hundred and fifty money, and and this is yours. I I don't usually like rose gold. I'm here for it in the aqua racer. This is it almost yeah. I'm I'm down for it. On black rubber, come on. This is dope. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's a 200-meter aqua racer. Comes on rubber, obviously. Maybe not obviously, but it does because this would probably be a $30,000 watch on a bracelet. Um, Yeah, dude. These are fucking rad. Yeah. The, uh, I'm not going to buy one. You're not going to buy one. No. Maybe no one that listens to this show is going to buy one. Or maybe you are. But it's still rad. Next up, finally, last watch. And I think that this is my favorite. It is not the most notable or the most important, but I think this is my favorite release of Watches and Wonders 2023. Rolex has released a 36 millimeter three hand steel sports Carrera. Tag Heuer. Did I say Rolex? You did say Rolex. We talked a lot about Rolex today. Tag Heuer has released a three hand. 36 millimeter Carrera steel sports watch. And it's, it's fire dope. So four colors, three available today. The three available today are blue, green, and silver. I think it's a miss not to have this in black, but we'll get back to that. The fourth is yet to be released. It'll be released later in May is hot pink. And it's, Hot pink. Hot, 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 hot. So these are a 36 by 43 and a half millimeter, 10 millimeter case, uh, which is perfect for this watch. 10 millimeters thick, decent power reserve, blah, 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 blah. Um, Yeah, everybody's doing colors. That's fine. That's fine. This is sick. This is phenomenal. I love these. I love this watch. I think if you're like, I kind of want an Aquaterra, but I also kind of want a Black Bay, but also do, uh, if you're in the mood for a simple sterile bezel sports watch. 3200 bucks For 3200 bucks, I'd take a look at these. Now, this isn't going to be for everybody. It has got a very thin bezel and kind of a big dial, which is nice in this size. It's got not a twisted lug because there's no twist there, but that same sort of, you, you know. Uh, uh, it's the beveling in, in the lug. That's right. And the, and the uh, end length that make it almost seem like it's twisted. Beautiful, really interesting hands and markers on this. You, you may not want this much style on your hands and markers. You've got that Carrera logo prominently above a vintage-looking Tag Heuer logo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all guilt, though. You do have to tolerate that. You're going to have to tolerate some guilt if you want one of these uh, because there will be guilt. Uh, the exception being the pink, which comes with all steel, all, all silver uh, markers. I think this. I think this lineup is incomplete. I think you need something black. Watch, they're going to do black and white steel markers. Black and steel, I think that's what black and silver markers. Um, I, I think you probably need 
a white dial with steel markers as well. But for now, blue, green, and silver dials, gorgeous with the gilt, pink on the way in May. I love this watch. I hope this collection sort of catches on. Um, I'd like to see him fill it out too. This is a pretty, I think this is a pretty fun, my favorite watch of the release. Beautiful bracelet on this, by the way. The bracelet is very simple, but also complicated in a pretty fun way with this brushing, polishing um, series on the inner link. It appears to be beautiful brushing. I don't know if that's just photos or not. Uh, I like it. This is a cool watch. And with that, it almost seems like the the geometry of that center link is interesting. I think it is. It, it's like concaved. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think there's so we're we we've been on Hodinky a lot. Hodinky's watches and wonders coverage has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think most of the links are in our show notes are going to be from Hodinky's coverage. Some people don't like Hodinky. We, we do. don't. We don't care. I like Hodinkee. Um, and, and they covered Watches and Wonders really well. But I'm reading a comment here. It says, buy the OP for the wife and one of these for the girlfriend. Uh, which, <laughs> all right, we'll just move on from that. <laughs> that caught my eye. I figured I'd mention it. <laughs> Andrew, Watches and Wonders 2023. We, of course, did not cover anywhere near everything. But... As we, we do, worthwhile stuff. we covered the things that were important to us. Anything that we missed, you think? Hugh Blow dropped some duds. Yeah. <laughs> there were some yucky BRO5s, too. Yeah. Uh, Chopard, I thought, had a good Watches and Wonders, too. But yeah. we just couldn't we, we, we couldn't fit it in, you guys. Yeah. We'll come back to it. But check out Chopard. We won't come back to it until next year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chopard had a good Watches and Wonders as well. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else. Other things, what you got? We talked briefly about it at the beginning of this. So in lieu of golfing this past weekend, we went to a virtual reality arcade. Yeah, we did. <clears throat> and I was excited about it because it seemed fun, right? Virtu- like virtual reality is this cool, interesting thing. And I was like, hey, this will be fun. This isn't something that I'm going to go do at home. Let's go play video games for a while and give it a run. And we walked into this strip mall into like a, just a, it's just a strange in sun river, Oregon. Yeah. It's just a strange setting. They have like the workout mats on the ground. Some of them are taped off. Some of them have different colors. It's like this size of a normal subway but segmented off into like three kind of big rooms with tvs very high up on the wall and every tv subway the sandwich shop as opposed to the train yes uh and then there's you know every station has set of vr goggles on the wall and some handles and you know we we sit down and they kind of give us this walkthrough on like you know this is what it is this is what it's like these are the popular games number one like probably one of our most popular is job simulator <laughs> which is apparently exactly as it sounds where you just go and do different jobs 
which didn't seem that fun to me. And they're like, you can also do the walk the plank. And I was like, no, I've seen those videos. I'm not interested in that. And they're like, eh, there's this cool zombie killing game. And, and you can play any game. They had, they had like 200 titles there. And we get in and they're like, all right, start with Fruit Ninja so you can kind of get a feel for, you know, how this works. And we get in and I'm doing Fruit Ninja. And I was like, oh, this is like immersive. Like I'm in Fruit Ninja. It, that That's was cool. That was my immediate reaction as well. I put, I, I didn't know what to expect, Andrew. Um, I, I I sort of gave you a couple like alternative ideas. Golf's not going to pan out. What, what do you want to do? This is your birthday after all. Um, and this was the one that I was perhaps the least excited about. But it's it's your birthday. Um, it was the most interesting to me. I, I didn't understand what I was getting into. And the moment I put those goggles on my face, I was like, whoa. Yep. That immersive, you use that word immersive. That was my immediate reaction. This is incredibly more immersive than I had any idea it was going to be. I was blown away. Because the whole world is completely blacked out. So you have your entire field of view is suddenly this game. You have like not fully over ear headphones, but headphones over your ear that mostly remove the noise of the outside world. And we're like, hey, mostly let's play this zombie killing game. And oh, my gosh. You and I have killed some zombies in our time. Yeah, we have. That was the most fun I've ever had killing zombies and the most frightened I've ever been killing zombies i did not expect i i am not a person who regularly gets scared in video games there were several moments where i had a visceral fear reaction yeah like i made movements to like i you almost crashed into a wall i like literally jumped and like ran around (laughs) i was spinning in circles i was getting tangled up and because the these vr headsets here are hardwired into the wall so they don't have to charge them up every two hours. So I'm like, like, not only am I getting attacked by zombies, but I'm also getting entangled by this power cord, yep. fully immersed in it. I can hear you moving near me where also there happens to be zombies moving. It was... But I'm not where... You're not <laughs> where you're supposed to be. Uh, you, you, I yeah. can see you on my screen, but in real life, you're in a different place and I can hear you moving. That was disconcerting. Yes. It was super cool uh most places most cities have some kind of virtual reality gaming lobby that charge per like per person per hour most of them have you know the same amount of titles because they just buy them and then you get to play them in there if you're looking to spend like a couple hours of really different fun this was it. Like I got back and immediately started researching virtual reality goggles for to play video games in my own home. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I will say if you're aware of glasses, spectacles like myself. Yeah, that was not great for you. Consider contacts. It's kind of difficult or or do some research on goggles that are meant to accommodate glasses. I, I did not expect to have to wear my glasses because... I'm nearsighted and you know, the lenses are very, very close to your eyes, but it, 
the way it works, and I admittedly know nothing about virtual reality lens technology, but the way it works, it actually is far away. Yeah. And so if you need glasses, you're going to need glasses. And that was uncomfortable, but. The rest of it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just the one of the most, because I've gotten immersed into some video games before. <laughs> you and me both. But this was like, uh, you were in the game. I was in the game and it was, it was really cool. So that's my other thing. Find yourself a virtual reality gaming lounge in your area and go give it a try. It's totally worth it. D- do it. Do it. Um, I, I've got another thing, Andrew. Do me. I started a show uh, on Netflix. Oh, this is a documentary. It's called Pepsi comma. Where's my jet? This is so good. Oh my gosh. Have you watched it? Yes. So Netflix releases a lot of throwaway material. Some of it's well-produced, some of it less so. Um, This is a story that I'm vaguely familiar with, but not really, not really. Um, Oh my gosh, Andrew. It's so good. Oh my gosh. So the story tells the story of John Leonard, who is a fellow that back in the 90s, if if you're my age or perhaps a little bit younger, uh, like our friend Andrew, you probably remember in the 90s, the mid 90s, Pepsi released a campaign that was hugely successful called Pepsi Points. Mm-hmm. And you would you would drink Pepsi and get points, and then you would send them to Pepsi, and they would send you merchandise, rewards, but Re- reward merchandise. Yeah. And the, Marlboro famously did this as well. Cereal did this. Everyone was doing this. This was a thing, and, and this was part of the cola wars of the '90s, where Pepsi and Coke were really going head to head and very actively fighting one another for market share. Coke being the old dog with a huge amount of market share, Pepsi being the plucky upstart. Um, you, you know, there's some legend here that RC seems like being the grandfather <laughs> who still reigns supreme. Uh, the, the, you know, Coke had positioned itself as the as the you know the heritage selection, and Pepsi, you know, hiring Mike Tyson and Shaquille O'Neal and Cindy Crawford and all of these young, cool, hip celebrities. Um, it, this is all in the context of that. It, it, and this fellow, John Leonard, oh, they had this commercial, the, the Pepsi points s- promotion, whatever you want to call it was announced b- via commercial as was everything in the nineties really. And this commercial was clever and, you know, it depicted this young man sort of putting on his, his glasses and his jean jacket and it's showing the amount of points, you know, glasses, a hundred points and jean jacket, 500 points. I don't know how many points these things were, but it ended with him showing up to school in a Harrier jet. And it said, Harrier jet, 7 million points. Now I think to most people, that's obviously not a real thing, right? A who's got 7 million Pepsi points. No one yet. And and B, um, you know, this is just kind of a joke. Clearly, it's a joke. But oftentimes when these things happen in commercials, and certainly today when these kind of things happen in commercials, it's made clear there's disclaimers. And even in the 90s, every commercial had disclaimers. 
for whatever reason, Pepsi didn't put a disclaimer on this. Because it's too ridiculous to disclaimer. This college kid, (laughs) John Leonard, sees this commercial, realizes that this is perhaps legally something that is real, and sets out to collect these Pepsi points. I'm not going to spoil anything. He doesn't wind up getting 7 million Pepsi points because that would be hugely impractical. Um, but but winds up taking Pepsi up on the offer, Pepsi box, and thus starts a several-year lawsuit between John Leonard and, and, and Pepsi. Uh, uh, you, may know not, you may know the story. You may not know the story. It doesn't matter because this show is so terrifically produced and the characters this is a documentary so these are real people being interviewed the characters in this are amazing andrew i don't know if you had this experience watching it i like all of the people in this show i like they're all charismatic lovely people in their own ways interesting uh and and the production quality on this is completely amazing this is this is the one that has also the the serial box cutter guy right like the guy who was scamming the uh the mail-ins uh they talk about that okay. yep. yeah so yeah, yeah. that's the one that it like kind of opens with him he was the one who was getting ten thousand of whatever this that or the other thing from cereal boxes by going to the recycling center and I know I've seen Pepsi Where's My Jack because I remember this, but I felt like those maybe I conflating those two. This is a pretty new, yeah. This is a pretty new documentary. No, I, I, I watched it in the last year. It, it, yeah, but I watched another one that was similar to that. That the guy was like not scamming, but he's the reason that Limit One per Household is on like all these other uh, like giveaways. I think th- I think they refer to it, but certainly okay. they, they don't open up on it. Uh, all, all that to say. This is one of those things that got released. Not a lot of people talked about it. I think it came out last, late last year Mm -hmm. um, or last fall. Uh, I've seen the tile a hundred times. I just never watched it. it, it, It's four episodes. I think total runtime is a little over three hours. It's bingeable. And it is terrific. Yes. Totally terrific. The production is fantastic. The story is fun. The way they present, there's a lot of legal stuff. And as a lawyer, I really appreciated the legal concepts. And I appreciated the way they talked about the legal concepts. Even the lay people in this have grasped the legal concepts in a way that they very casually talk about these things in ways that a lawyer appreciates. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. I think you should watch it. I agree. Terrific. Really fun. Not nerdy. No. But a little nerdy. It just terrific. So much fun. A really nice way to spend, you know, three to four hours binging a television show. Yes. And Andrew, that's all I got, man. I'm out of things also. We did it. As always. I'm glad to be back. Thank you and thank you to Will for holding down the fort when I was gone. Anything you want to add before we go? That's it. Excellent. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you check us out at our website, watchclicker.com, which is where we post every single episode of this podcast, but also where we post weekly reviews, updates, uh, articles, fun things to read, watchclicker.com. You can also check us out on our socials at watchclicker or 
at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker. You're going to see pictures. You're going to see updates about what we're doing uh, from time to time giveaways. We've got one coming up. Uh, you, know, you know, just check us out. Honestly, if you want to support what we're doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look to everybody who is a Patreon supporter. We love you. We couldn't do this without you. If you're not a supporter and and you think about it, you're like, hey, I love the show. I want to give these guys. You can you can give a buck. You can give five bucks. Whatever it is, that is how the the wheels stay treaded. How the sausage gets made. And how we keep pumping this out week after week. Uh, Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. We'd love to have you. You can also, you can also check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.